The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU. St. Mary's Episcopal Church and Temple Bait Hyam. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788, 220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. Good morning, everybody. This is Father Christian Anderson. Next to me is the best-looking rabbi this side of the Jordan River. It is Matthew Durbin, Rabbi Matthew Durbin of Temple Beth Hayam, and I am Father Christian from St. Mary's Episcopal Church. And with us also, of course, is our favorite agnostic, Miggity Mike, our producer. How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you guys? We're, we're, we're doing well. I'm recovering from the Super Bowl of Christmas. And uh, how are you recovering from the Festival of Lights, Rabbi? Um, I, I'm, I'm recovering. It's, uh, it was a long eight, eight nights. How's it, how does it end the festival of lights? Is there, is there like an ending bang that happens? Like, you know, like Christmas is like the beginning. Then we have 12 days of Christmas, but like there's no shebang on the final night. You know, it's a little anticlimactic, right? Because on the last night we light that last candle, we we celebrate with our families. We celebrate uh, with our friends and communities. Um, and, and then it's over. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Hanukkah is as we put away our Hanukkiyot, our, our Hanukkah menorahs and kind of shelve them and put them away for another year and kind of be. Yeah. You know, the the Christmas should be the beginning of the celebration for Christians, but it kind of just is the day and then it's over. But we really get 12 days of Christmas. And historically, on the eighth day, as we talked about last time, becomes a very big feast, which the church has now changed. It's more of the Feast of Mary, but it used to be the Feast of the Circumcision, which, as you know, on the eighth day is what you do for a Jewish boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that became a very big, big, big feast for the for the church. And that became very awkward for many people. But there's still this 12 days. You need 12 days to celebrate this huge defining moment for for the faith. But yeah. So so let me let me also say to our, our, our listeners. Um, so the other day it was it was it was quite remarkable. And I was I was kind of blown away that um um, you had, uh, taken, taken a few days and, uh, gone, gone, um, um, on, 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 on a mini little vacation. Yes, sir. And, uh, on January one, uh-huh. um, just a few days ago, uh, got a, uh, beautiful text from you that was just all in Hebrew. Uh-huh. And you had said, Shana Tova, Happy New Year. Shana Tova. Um, which was, uh, I was very impressed with, uh, with, with the ability for you to text me in Hebrew. Yes. It's, it's incredible. I've been working on that since my texting Hebrew class in seminary, and I finally got to put it to good use. So see, this is what interfaith dialogue does. Or you just go on Google and copy and paste, but either one works great. Yes. The problem with that is that when you start doing it in other languages, that sometimes you get the wrong interpretation and you send it to the person. And I was just so hoping that what was sent to you was. But it is also amazing that when you can text in different languages, that it will autocorrect in different languages. So I was writing something the other day to a friend of mine in Hebrew, and um, I had written something, and it just it just automatically like uh, brought up the text. I just thought, wow, how how incredible, how incredible that Google can autocorrect in in in, yeah. in a plethora of different languages. It definitely helps. It it's it's a huge help. I mean, when I'm texting with 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 people out in uh, in Ecuador, it's just incredible. Just, mm-hmm. It's just so helpful because I could change my phone over to Spanish. Do you have that? Is that what happens? You change your your so your my my languages that I have is uh, I have the Queen's English. Uh, I have American English. You have the Queen's English. I yes, love it. we add used to things yes. like color and favorite and uh, yeah. all the, all like the my other, wife. Right, my wife's the, the, same the, way. the Queen's English. Right. Uh, I have American English and I have Hebrew on my. Um, on my um, um, uh, language. Nice. You have three. I have three. Oh, wow. Well, it's the only three I can speak, right? I wouldn't have Spanish on it because I just, I'm not familiar with Spanish uh, besides what Dora the Explorer has um, has brought to the world. Miggity Mike, how many languages do you have on your phone? I can barely get through one. Okay. And that is? Emojis. Okay. <laughs> he had that planned. Mm. That was good. How many languages do you have on your phone? Give us a call. 772-220-9788. Uh, so we are not here just to talk about languages on our phone. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking about a lot of times on the show, we like to get into, we like to be relevant. Uh, and like last week, we were talking about Hanukkah and Christmas and the history there and um, pose the question, would there be a Christmas without Hanukkah? Uh, so this week, you, we want to talk about a, a pressing topic uh, that has been uh, weighing on our hearts and our minds and our souls, of course, has just been 
over the last year and definitely over the last month, we've just seen this increased, increased attacks um, on our Jewish brothers and sisters, a rise of anti-Semitism. And uh, we wanted to bring that up because it to talk about today, what is the history of anti-Semitism? Um, why is it happening more now? Is there a relationship between the different waves of anti-Semitism that we have seen in the history of humankind to the wave that's happening now? Is there similarities happening right there? And then what do we do about it? So, so what's, you know, so what, what's going on next? So first off, I want to say rabbi that I, as a Christian, um, would, would never understand what it's like. I mean, sure, there's been attacks and there's just recent attacks in Texas upon uh, mm -hmm. house of worship. And so the attacks on, on Christian houses of worship has been something more of a similar, uh, I, mean, I mean, a recent phenomenon. Uh, but the for for you and your congregation, I'm sure there is a decent amount of fear every time this happens. Mm -hmm. And I know that our brothers and sisters in New York, the fear is even more elevated since the amount of attacks have just happened in Orthodox neighborhoods just in New York alone mm -hmm. um, has has been has been numerous just over the last month. So there's just so much fear that it's happening. Do you feel that same fear happening first? I, you know, my, my heart's with you in the congregation and I'm sure there's a lot of it, but also, um, did you feel it in your congregation? I think the, the easy answer is yes. Um, we, I, I think we, we as Jews and certainly in a Jewish community do feel, uh, the effects of rising anti-Semitism. Um, you know, we have hired security, uh, something that, you know, 40, 50 years ago was, was, was not the norm. I mean, most synagogues, um, did not have hired security or law enforcement that was there to protect those coming in, in a safe way to express their sense of Judaism. Um, Today, it's a new reality. Yeah, right. And when we look at the issue and the concept of anti-Semitism, I think I think a first we need to define the terminology. B, we have to understand that this is an age-old um, uh, issue that, as Jews, we have been faced with since the beginning of uh, the beginning of our faith. Um, we have always been the scapegoat. We have always been under attack. We have always been challenged uh with the understanding of uh, loyalty to perhaps where we live and and um our, our loyalties to the countries to which we serve um and and just those those challenges that that reside itself within within our societal norms and our cultures it's been it's been difficult so let's dial it back all the way back to or bring it back to just the beginning to understand where this has all come from, because we can sit here in 2019 and say, yes, it's happening. We see it here in the States. We also see in a lot of other countries arise in it. Uh, where does it begin? And can you, since you and I are a rabbi and a priest, can we start with the biblical times and start there? And can we just start with Abraham? I would assume that would, if we want to go all the way back, that that would start with Abraham, correct? Mm -hmm. And so you have Abraham who starts and becomes a patriarch of three major religions, right? Uh, but Islam, Christianity, and 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 but first Judaism. Mm -hmm. At that point, you start having Abraham being called by God to really create a um, a group of people who are very dedicated to 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 God to mm -hmm. Yahweh. At that mm -hmm. time, can we can we say Yahweh? We'll say Adonai. We'll Adonai. Say mm -hmm. And the whole point was to say you are different than the rest of the people around you because mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a way to be because you're my chosen people. Mm -hmm. And since there is this now, you are new, there, 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 you are chosen people and you will be different from the people around you and also different than how you're going to respect, I guess, the maybe not respect, but you're not going to follow a lot of the, 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 the customary, um, the cultural mm -hmm. ways, mm -hmm. um, and also show the same kind of adoration for the leaders. Um, what is, do you, those are the early seeds? Well, I, I, I think first and foremost, we just define the terminology, right? So anti-Semitism, um, and I'm not giving you a unique uh, example, I'm just kind of quoting from the uh, Anti-Defamation League. Um, and just for those that are not familiar with it, the Anti-Defamation League is uh, an organization out there that um, uh, records um, and, and, and certainly monitors anti-Semitic incidences. And I think it's important to understand that anti-Semitism is not just um, a physical attack, it is also verbal, uh, and it is overt and inovert. And, and I think there are many challenges with it. But uh, anti-Semitism refers to prejudice and or discrimination against Jews 
as individuals and as a uh, collective group. It is based on stereotypes, myths that target uh, Jewish religious practices and beliefs, uh, and of course, the um, uh, legitimacy of the state of Israel. Um, historically, now, would you say there's a difference between anti-Semitism and anti-Judaism? Because I've seen that in some articles that there's a, a great article in The New Yorker that came out about this. Why is there the rise of anti-Semitism? And they are relying upon a scholar at the University of Chicago who studies anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. And he wants to make a, a, a very distinction, a, a big distinction between anti-Judaism and anti-Semitism. Uh, anti-Judaism is uh, of those who who um, won't won't come over and cross over to Christianity. Anti-Semitism is just across the board. Um, my initial reaction upon hearing that says if anyone harbors anti-Semitic sentiment towards Jews, is that being anti-Jewish, anti-Judaism? Yes. I, 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 I actually struggle to separate the two. I, I, I don't think okay. you can have one without the other. I think, I think if, if I'm anti, if I'm anti-Jewish, anti-Judaism, I think that I, I, I am anti-Semitic in some way. I'm, I'm denying the Jewish people. A Semite. Yes. A Semite being a Jew. I just want to get all the terminology done yes. right. Okay. That's where it comes from. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So, so now if, 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 would you, would you say that we look at this, so we could say Abraham, maybe depending on which scholar, a thousand years before the common era, um, and starts this walk of life that is going to make a group of people that are going to live by a way that God has given them that's going to usually always be um, uh, countercultural to the surrounding powers and sometimes not showing the same kind of adoration towards a leader. Um, would you say that would be the beginning of the seeds? of anti-Semitism, the beginning of the seeds. That was a little, rep yes, was a little I, redundant, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 think, I think the second that somebody comes in and says, you are not like us, and mm -hmm. we want you to fall under our um, understanding and our ways of living, of, of, of life, I think um, it, it certainly is the beginning and, and plants the seeds for anti-Semitism. I think when we look at, um, and, and you use the term, look, anti-against Semites, right? And, and as, as a Jewish people, we are a Semitic people. And just to go through the term Semite, Right, A Semite is a member of any of the people who speak or spoke a Semitic language, including in particular the Jews and the Arabs. So I think, I think in that regard, are the Arabs a Semitic people? Absolutely. Are yeah. the Jews a, a Semitic people? Yes, we speak a certain language. We, 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 we undergo a certain culture. I think that you know, when you look at, 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 at the, the causes of anti-Semitism, I think that many of them reside themselves in... Um, I would say jealousy, uh, ignorance, um, uh, a very poor lack of understanding of our cultural norms and our cultural beliefs. <clears throat> I think that even even when you look at um, uh, anti-Semitism in, in 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 its overarching global kind of kind of kind of experience, uh, it, it, it's been there since since the since the dawn of time. From you know um, even even today, we see such an uptick in in anti-semitic incidences whether it be in you know munsey new york uh whether it be on the subway systems in new york city of people being accosted people being thrown at people being slapped people being 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 accosted in some way um we see this much more as we've seen in the last certainly in the last like few weeks of it just being increasingly much more violent and angry you know, whether it be from Jersey City to Poway, California, to, you know, uh, last year of of the the shooting in Pittsburgh, you know, we we, we have just just I, I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, and a lot of education process that that needs to be uh, adhered to so that people can demystify. I mean, you know, you go back to the Middle Ages, which I think was one of the um, um, uh, one of I'm not saying it is, but one of the the most destructive acts of of anti-Semitism uh, for the Jewish people, certainly residing in Europe uh, when we get to, you know, the blood libel. Uh, and just for those that are not familiar with the blood libel, it is an ancient myth 
let me let me be clear here. It is an ancient myth that the Jews use the blood of Christian babies uh, that we mix into the dough that we use for uh, matzah for for uh, for Passover. Um, and the first blood Bible that happens in Europe happens in 1144 um, in Norwich in the north of England. Um, and 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 that pattern. I, I think I think really starts starts uh, changing and challenging uh, our own societies, uh, especially in England. Um, you know, it's a Christian country. Uh, it, there are um, you know the, the the numbers of Jews are not as large, I think, in in the United Kingdom as we think they are. There, when I was in the UK uh, decades ago, I think there was something like two hundred eighty thousand Jews that lived in the entire uh, country. I think right now it's something like one hundred eighty thousand uh, or something like that. It, it, it's much smaller, but um, when you look at it, there is also um, there was uh, back in the Middle Ages. Um, um, Clifford's Tower. I don't know if we're familiar with that in uh, in York, in the uh, Queen of the North of England. Uh, 150 Jews were rounded up um, and massacred on uh, mass uh, on top of a hill. Um, that site still remains today. It's a protected British site. Um, but you know, we may think 150. Okay, it's 150 people. That's not a huge number. Well, if you take the rate. And the number of Jews that lived in the entire UK at that time in the Middle Ages, I'm talking about 2,500 Jews. Now, 150 out of 2,500 Jews, it's actually a huge percentage. Sure. Um, and I think that those challenges, especially when we look at the blood libel, because the blood libel changes, especially in Europe, right? In England, and there have been many, many, many blood libels. Um, you know, it moves in 1144 and it goes um, to other areas, Lincoln, Norwich, you know, it goes all over the country as it as it moves and sweeps its way across uh, continental Europe. It moves to this understanding that that Jews use the blood of Christian babies as a uh, ritual murder towards ritual cannibalism that we as Jews eat Christian babies. And, and, and I think the more uh, our, our, our um, uh, people believe these stories which have always been uh, um, 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 embellished and, and, and put over the top, people believe it, and then people start acting on it. And I think that we've seen that throughout Europe. Go back to the, to the Crusades, for example. That was another major, major turning point uh, for us as Jews. You know, we, especially if you look at some of the challenges that reside itself, say, in France and certainly in Germany, um, during the emancipation, which was a huge turning point for Jews, you know, and just just to be aware, you know, especially the German experience of it said that you could not, okay, could not be a member of the German state and be Jewish. You had to choose. So once the emancipation happened and the enlightenment and and further you know thought process it 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 moved to this understanding that i could be a member of the german a citizen of the german state and i could be jewish at the same time which opened the doors but i think europe is a very different experience as we're experiencing here in america sure but i still think we're not getting to the root of where this all started from i think it's important for us in the 21st century to understand what why why is this happening? Where is this coming from? And especially, I think now the generations now might not even be aware. I mean, there's generations now who are even sometimes not that well informed about the Holocaust. But let's go way before that and where these seeds could have been planted, you know, because even my wife grew up in Ghana. Anti Semitism wasn't even talked about, wasn't even referred to, didn't experience it. So she was bowled away when she came over here to be like, what? 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 What, what, all is, what is this going on? Um, and was really curious to know about where are the roots, the roots of how this all started. Um, and, and some would poke and or look at when Christianity came to be the the main cheese so when constantine becomes emperor in 300 then it be, christianity becomes the religion of the state and that's when you start to see some structural changes and now you start to have some structural issues just for jews themselves uh in 399 first jews are forbidden to marry any christians right uh then they're in 100 years later they're forbidden from holding positions in government and then they were um they, they were not allowed to be a witness against Christians in court, 
then they then that's when we start to see all these 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 crazy little fantasies about throughout you were talking about in, um, in Northern Europe about who who they are and the blood libels and then the, the alleged um, uh, horns and tails uh, that they had and engaged in rituals to uh, to kill Christians right and then that manifested you talked about uh, in 1150 with the blood libel so it's like this this moving this momentum until that that catapults into 1095 with Pope Urban doing the um the first the first round of of um uh, the crusades uh and so you see this like momentum that's happening and this ignorance and then what's interesting though is that the bubonic plague right and so the bubonic plague hits in the 14th century and kills like a third of the population uh and so there's everyone's freaking out there's just fear and superstition of why this happens and so the Jews were also dying yes. from the plague. They but were also not, dying, but not on mass as as the Europeans. So 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 again, your example of this 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 his history, this pattern of scapegoating. It said, well, of course, it was the Jews who were poisoning the wells and spreading the disease, and so that comes in. And so as we see that this this I'm just trying to find a pattern here, like the pogroms in Russia, right? Even though most of those Russian Russian Jews were 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 poor. They were, why were they being scapegoated for the pogroms that we see in Russia? What was the reason to say, well, it's the Jews, so we got to get, we got to get rid of them? Well, I think, I think in every generation and every age, there's always fear. Uh, and that fear gets used or, or even politicized in some way to be able to use the Jews as a scapegoat. I, I, I think it's significant that you use those examples because I think, I think, all throughout our history, look, through the pogroms in Eastern Europe, through, um, um, you know, those dictums that were given down by 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 Christianity in its, in its early uh, ages. You know, that's not so far fetched from, you know, the, the 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 Nuremberg laws of 1935 that exist in in Nazi Germany, where where a, it was illegal to fraternize with anyone that was Jewish. No Jew could hold any position of, of political power. Effectively, the Jews were used as 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 a scapegoat uh, for the world's evils, and and, and I also think- because they 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 were just embarrassed by the world. Germany was embarrassed by the world. They were completely defeated. They had to give back land, and so when Hitler's rising up, it becomes this easy scapegoat for him to just say, it, "Well, it's the Jews, and we have this Aryan race, and we need to cleanse ourselves so they don't mix with us, so we can be the greatest we can be." But this is this is a pattern, right, that we've seen. And again, I'm just trying to why always always the Jews, and is is there some of it? Like I get that since. Christians during 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 the empire days would say, well, Christians are not allowed to practice usury, right? And so Jews were not allowed to own land. So the one way for for Jews to really make some money was to, you know, go into banking. Mm-hmm. So that starts this whole uh, seed of, well, they're, they're, they're the people who control all the money and make money off the money. So that starts this, this, this. And I think that that starts the, the, the stereotype of, you know, look, the, 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 the image of the, of the greedy Jew who's there to, to, to take your money because the Jews are the money lenders. The Jews are the bankers. The Jews are those in, in positions of, um, uh, monetary, you know, and power, uh, right? Yes. Because if you were an army leader or whatever, you want to get some money to raise up an army or some capital, you would have to go and, and, and work with Jewish, Jewish bankers. They had the money. So this starts this fear that these are the people who run, Yes. Is that where this fear is? Because there's always this fear, even when they're when when the scapegoat falls on the Jewish people, is that they are they have they they want to take over the world. And that's where these 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 uh, horrible tales get started. That these these Jews are just trying to take over the world, mm-hmm. and they want to run it and run it through the banks. Uh, and you know, I don't know if that's what's running through the mind of the woman, the Tiffany. What's her, what's her name the other day in New York who? slaps mm-hmm. the, the mother the, the 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 mother in front of her children mm-hmm. in new york and says you know effing jew mm-hmm. you know you're all gonna die what's going through her head when she does that i, I mean but it just and i think i think it goes back to just a little bit earlier to what you had mentioned before right in, in in terms of you know the biblical charge that says by god you are my chosen people yeah you are my treasured people and i think that there is a big misnomer and uh a lot of challenge with that statement because on this level of the surface to say the Jews are God's chosen people has a sense of superiority. I am better than you, which is not its implication or its intention. The intention is that God 
um, uh, chose the Jewish people. The Jewish people chose God, that we are in direct partnership and relationship with God, that we entered into this covenantal relationship, that it is both a partnership. It doesn't mean that I am better than or less than. It means that I am just in I am in partnership with God. And I think I think a lot of those of those challenges, I think, certainly present itself uh, throughout all of our history of of how Jews we have been um, it, it's been manipulated in some way. I think I think the other challenge you said, look, but the Jews have horns. Um, again, mistranslation, right? When you look at Michelangelo's very famous depiction of Moses, right? That depiction of Moses, look, go and see it. Google it. I mean, it looks like horns, but that's not the intention. His intention was that when God spoke with Moses, from Moses's face emanated these rays of light. It was this 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 emanation. It was this 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 aura. This just this incredible power that Moses had that he communicated with God. Now, the challenge with it is that is the Hebrew itself, because of course Hebrew is a multivocal language, which means that one word in Hebrew can have multiple different meanings in English. Now, Karen or in Hebrew means rays of light, but it also can be translated as horns. Now, when Christianity got a hold of it, they mistranslated. They used it as horns. Well, centuries later, millennia later, you know, that that has still manifested itself in, 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 in a variety of different guises. I mean, I remember years ago in my former congregation in, in upstate New York that there were um, 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 people who would come by the temple and I would hear snide comments, comments that I never thought in the state of New York I would ever hear. Uh, we had a big rummage sale, uh, just um, kind of give a little context here. Um, and, and I mean, the lines ups out the door starting at like 5 a.m. I mean, people wanted to get other people's garbage or or other people's treasures you know we've all been to rummage sales before we can find that that kind of gem um and these lineups are out the door and i remember i was meeting with somebody and uh they had left my office uh and 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 a group of women had, had were, were leaving the temple with with a lot of their stuff and i remember hearing uh two comments one was um you know i i got this amazing piece man i really jewed them down yeah right I, I, i've never heard that phrase before in my life and I was struck by it. And, and she said, you know, I don't know where their horns went. Stop it. And I remember thinking to myself, are, are you that ignorant that you actually think that we as Jews have horns? But that's where it starts. I, 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 I think part of it, too, is, 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 is that ignorance and just that, that, that it's the same way that Hitler had used his own devices to demonize the Jews, to make us less than, to make us vermin, to make us filthy individuals, as opposed to seeing us, as we said in Hebrew, panim al panim, face to face, see the Jewish soul, see what we're about. You know, and I think, I think that that's part of the challenge we have today is how do we move forward from a culture and a society that seemingly gives the permission to say, you know what, I don't care what you think about me, but my thoughts and my opinions are so important to me that I don't care if I offend you. Whereas, as you know, whether we have, you know, and, and I'm sure those of, of an earlier generation remember the signs on country clubs that said no Jews, no blacks, you know, those signs are destructive. Those signs are meant to be there for a reason. And that reason is because of people's inability and people's ignorance of seeing somebody as an actual human being brought to us by, by God on this earth that allow us the opportunity to be able to move forward in a, in, 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 in. you're hot, baby. You're hot. Let me, let me give an example. When I was a child, I went to an Anglican high school and in no way am I no, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So if my, if my, if my high school is listening, um, uh, pay, pay close attention. Every morning we would have to go and we would go into uh, a big, a big hall. Uh, and we had to, we had prayers. It was, it was morning prayers. Um, and all the students would be there. I went to a private school. Uh, we would, we would, we would say the Lord's prayer. Um, uh, and we weren't asked to, we were demanded. And if we didn't, we were, we were reprimanded. I mean, we had to go to the principal and, and, uh, but in, in all, on, in all fairness, you chose to go to an Anglican school. It wasn't a Jewish school. It no, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't it wasn't a public school. No, no you're right. It, 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 you it, paid money and went to yes, an Anglican I, school. I went to an Anglican high school. And when you paid the money, they probably told you what it means to go to an Anglican school. No. Um, well, I'm sure it was it. Um, academically, not 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 in terms of if there was any religious ideology that was being pr 
placed upon us. But it literally says it on the sign. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, it says it in... I mean, my, my, my nephew goes to a Jewish school. He knows he's going to be taught Jewish prayers and he's going to learn Hebrew. Sure, sure. So, I mean, he so, yeah, but the challenge is also, you know, my high school was not devoid of Jews. We had, uh, you know, not not many in huge number. I mean, my high school only had about 600 students of the 600. I, I, I'd say maybe 75, 80, 90, uh, no more than 100 were Jewish. Uh, and every morning we'd go in. And, and, and really the time that we felt it most uh, was was around the Christmas time because they would have a, a massive, massive Christmas tree. And and for years, the the college body would would uh, petition the administration and say, this is not fair. And, and one year, um, it was a victory for us as Jews. They put up a Hanukkah menorah uh, and they said, uh, for for you Jews, uh, we will we will we will we will kind of give you a song. Um, unfortunately, the one song we were got uh, was during Christmas time. They would sing um, Go Down, Moses, Way Down in Egypt's Land. Um, let my people go. Right. OK, so we, we at least got a song. But it was it was a huge shift from the college's perspective to acknowledge the fact that, that there were Jews in the community. When I was in college, I had a but professor. Still, but still, again, I would say you went to an Anglican school. Sure. I, I wouldn't put it upon them because you know what you signed up for. You're going to a Christian school. I mean, it, it is is run by Anglican ideals. Yes, but remember, remember from 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 the college's perspective, it was it was uh, the the focus and the the uh, emphasis was was on academic. It was a very academic, a rigorous process. Um, from from the perspective that you know, and they've always come out and said we acknowledge and we embrace all faiths. Look, it's an Anglican high school. I get it, but it's not just Christians that are going to the school. There's there's Muslims. There's but, Jews. But, but you, would you say then, my nephew who goes to a Jewish school, then they should probably put up a cross because he's Christian? No, I, exactly. No. So why is it why is it any different? It's the the moment that you, from from my high school's perspective, that it was the the imposing of um, uh, doctrine that was put in. Uh, that said you had to adhere to it. It's like if I went to to uh, an area uh, of worship and was asked to bow down um, as part of a religious service. For me as a Jew... But that's but that's different. That's not You're not signing up for a school for an education that's under the guise of an Anglican education. I don't know. I mean, I think in certain ways, my nephew signs up. He knows what he's in for. My my, my, sure. my sister and my, my brother-in-law know he's going to learn Hebrew. He's going to learn... He's going to do Jewish prayers. Mm -hmm. If they have a problem with that, then they probably should have signed up to a different school look, when know? we when we were kids when we were growing up look the lord's prayer um I, we said it five days a week um the times uh you know that we would we would not say it uh we were literally uh plucked you 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 principal and i remember going to the principal's office and having to say look i'm really sorry but you know the lord's prayer is not of my custom and not of my tradition you know i i, I hope that you would understand that that as as i'm jewish that i, I would be given reprieve to be sure. able to do yeah that. that's a little extreme that they would right they and, would and do the that, response yeah. that i got was uh no uh you will say the prayer oh yeah that's, so it was being that's, imposed yeah that's a, so that's, that's and even good. when i was in college you know i had an english professor who had said you know we are all good christians here and i remember uh 80 of the class was jewish and to be able to say you know sir uh, uh not all of us are good christians here uh a majority of us are jewish and his response was again you didn't hear we all are good christians now you know, in that context of when I was in college, it was also the understanding that, you know, we were talking about social values and the ethics and look, Judeo-Christian values. It was it was just the denial of that Jewish aspect of it. Do you think so that experience that you experienced in the classroom would have planted seeds? So to stay on course with this movement of where where does this anti-Semitism come from and move? And, and I want to just run the break here, because when we come back, I want to see we, we've seen these waves and we've talked about some major markers in the history of humankind of where we've seen a lot where it's, where it's a surged. Right. And so and I mean, it's always there. Racism is always there. And, and you know, anti-Semitism is always there. But then we've seen big waves when there's a, a reason for scapegoating. I think it's a common theme we're seeing sure. here. So now in in what we're seeing right now in 2020 and not just in the states not just in the united states of america we're seeing it in a lot of western europe a lot a lot of all over are we seeing another one of those waves or is just just kind of a a, a bigger blip so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back that we are listening to a priest and a rabbi with rabbi 
uh, Durbin and Father Christian here and give us a call at 772-220-9788. We love having your calls as we discuss the recent surge of anti-Semitism in America and beyond. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And and I want to uh, let you know that I have uh, started a uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday, I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor or someone to be there for you during a challenging time, and you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to the second part of A Priest and a Rabbi. Today, uh, we are taking on the rise of anti-Semitism that we are seeing in the United States of America, but also beyond, and wondering, is this, is this another wave of anti-Semitism that we have seen in the history of humankind? We have seen it from, a, you know, we're trying to trace the roots of anti-Semitism all the way back to Abraham in the Bible, and look at some key moments throughout from Constantine becoming, uh, making Christian a state religion, um, to more and more uh, rights being taken away from Jews throughout from that from that time period, whether it's who they can marry and where they could own land and whether they can represent themselves in court uh, to get into a time where they had to always wear something to show that they're Jewish. So they really stuck out. And I think I think, you know, when we go back to it, it's certainly certainly uh, millennia ago when we look at, you know, some of uh, foreign powers who would try to uh, impose their will upon the Jewish people, right? Uh, we just finished Hanukkah, which is, you know, a, a, a very important holiday for us as Jews. And, and shortly in the next, uh, in the next month or uh, next couple of months, we're going to hit Purim. And I just want to, I just want to kind of note that, you know, when, when you look at those two different examples of, of our holidays of Purim and Hanukkah, they're both about anti-Semitism. They are, it is rooted in it, Right. Um, uh, one is the obvious, uh, and there's an obvious difference between them, uh, Haman of the Purim story who devised the plot to, to, uh, to kill, and his, his purpose was to kill Jews, right? I want the annihilation of the Jews. And if you look at the story of Hanukkah, 
of uh, Antiochus, Antiochus, however you want to pronounce it, right? His understanding uh, for Hanukkah was to destroy and annihilate Judaism, mm-hmm. right? One, to destroy the Jewish people, and two, to destroy all of uh, Judaism in general, so that Judaism would never exist uh, or seemingly exist within our world. And and I think both of our holidays uh, are really about anti-Semitism. You go back, or should say forward, you know, four or five months from now, we're going to hit Passover. Another anti-Semitic story of the fact that Pharaoh said, uh, effectively imposed the Egyptian way of life upon the Jewish people. Um, foreign powers come in to try and 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 oppress the Jewish people and to undermine them and and effectively to cut them down. And 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 the, so this history that you have uh, as um, as a Jew, right? That during these holidays, isn't there a part of it where, and I think you've mentioned this before on the show, that you take the time to say. We're still here. Yes. I mean, every foreign power has come after us and we're experiencing it right now, a wave of it again. And clearly God is with us because, hey, guys, we're still here. So many people have tried to take us out methodically, systematically, mm-hmm. literally, literally, um, horrifically. And 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 we're still here so that there's is there a there, there's great sorrow. And um, during these times of remembrance, but isn't there also a bit, I don't want to say victory, but is there, is there, can we say celebration or is it gratitude or is it that, that idea that God is with us? How do you, how do you balance? Both? I, 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 I think it is both. Cause I think even we go back to, you know, uh, last week when we celebrated Hanukkah, it is look, the, the, the story of the miracle of the oil, the, the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem, all these things that come forward, the underlying message for us as Jews is I'm damn proud that I am here, that I am Jewish, that I am living in a, in a, in a, in a time and a place where I can openly express my Judaism. And again, this is in a, in a North American context uh, that I can openly express and, 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 and experience Jewish way of life in, 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 in my context. I think, I think that, that when, when the challenges that present itself um, uh, are here, as we, as, we, as we said, look, looking at some of the seeds that have been planted in terms of how we understand and its history of anti-Semitism, I think it is very difficult to kind of pinpoint one specific time in history. Uh, I, I think it's always been there. I, I, think, I think the challenge is, uh, and especially today as Jews, are we a, a, a community of, of, of people that are in hiding? Are we a community that needs to uh, apologize? Uh, absolutely not. Are we a fearful? No. We're not fearful. I think in some sense, yes, we are, that we are fearful that these attacks are keep rising and keep happening. But I think as a Jewish people, I make no apologies for what I believe. I make no apologies for what I for, for what I stand for. As Jews, we stand for we stand for peace. We stand for harmony. We stand for learning. We stand for um in any age where there is oppression against other people, we stand up for goodness and righteousness and justice. That's what we're meant for. And I think when other people try and knock us down, I think I think as a Jewish as a Jewish person and as a rabbi, a part of me that says, um, is this is this a Jewish issue? Absolutely not. It, does this require the help and the support of others in our community? Absolutely. Stop the hatred. Stop professing that you think you know about a specific people without the knowledge or the background. You know, I, I, w- I was very blown away. And for those that are not familiar with it, I, I do encourage you to take a look at it. And that was a statement that was put out uh, about two or three days ago uh, by, by in Massachusetts. And the um, um, non-Jewish clergy from a lot of churches, from the evangelicals to to just a gambit of of, of different churches, came out and spoke out against anti-Semitism, wrote a letter uh, that was published, and effectively said, we as Christian leaders cannot stand idly by that this is unacceptable behavior, and we will publicly, publicly from the pulpit, Mm -hmm. speak out against anti-Semitism. And and, uh, when I read this letter, uh, I had a member of my community sent me the letter uh, yesterday. Um, I actually was, I, 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 I was very close to tears hmm. because a part of me that says it's, it, this is not a fight that we as Jews can do alone. We've been doing it and fighting this, this, this scourge of anti-Semitism for generations. We need the support of others in our midst. You, you know, look, when you had reached out to me about, about the incident that happened in New York, you know, my heart was filled. Mm-hmm somebody of a different faith who recognizes that as we as Jews have challenges and we have problems and, and we need the support of our communities. You're the only one. I don't have a, 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 a plethora of voicemails on my machine that says, Rabbi, we're in solidarity with you. 
I, I, I've had very little, if any, reach out by any community, any Christian community, um, to be able to say, we as a Christian community are, are with you. And a part of me that says, now, maybe this is my, maybe this is my challenge to the clergy of Martin County. Mm -hmm. If you are committed to humanity, if you are committed to, to those in our midst that, uh, the downtrodden or, 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 or those that are being uh, attacked violently, okay? Because remember that anti-Semitism is not just uh, uh, about violence. It's also about hatred. It's hatred in the heart. It's, it's deep recesses in the soul that, that I'm, I'm challenging the clergy here in Martin County and our communities. If you are committed to this community, if you do care about, about all in our midst, then join us. Join the fight against hatred. I, I you know, take it to the pulpit. I, 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 I'm challenged by it because, pardon me, and, and I do apologize for our listeners because I, I am a little passionate about it, and 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 really gets deep within me. Is words are just words; they mean nothing, and I shouldn't say that. Words are powerful. Words can make change, but you know, when we say our prayers and our thoughts go to 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 those in Munsey, New York, and remember, Munsey, New York is a very Hasidic community, a very religious community, right? It was the attack because they are visible. And I think that there's a difference between being visible and being invisible, right? I can walk down the street in Martin County and you will not know by the look of me if I am Jewish, mm -hmm. right? I don't have the, whether it be stereotypical features, I'm not physically, I don't wear tzitzit, the fringes in my, um, in my, in my garment. I, you know, I, I, I don't wear a kippah, uh, a head covering, unless I'm, studying Torah or leading a service or in some uh, uh, rabbinical role, uh, I, I, I don't wear it. So in that regard, I'm slightly the invisible Jew. You can't see me. The Hasidic community, there is a dress, there is a look. It is much more visible. When you look at the incidences of anti-Semitism in Western Europe, for example, look at the incidences in France. Those challenges in France are, are largely because they are also visible. When I used to, I was in rabbinical school in London, uh, the amount of hatred and visceral comments that I would get. I, I, I lived in a Jewish cemetery. I, my, my cemetery was relatively famous. Seminary or cemetery? Cemetery. You lived in a cemetery. I lived in a cemetery. I lived in a caretaker's home. Um, and just for, for those that are not familiar, uh, it's a very famous area in, in North London. Um, the, the, the house itself was both um, on, on one end, very traditional Sephardic um, communities. Uh, the other was uh, uh, community West London synagogue that owns their, their, um, their, uh, the cemetery. But some of our neighbors were, I don't know if you're familiar with Jacqueline Dupre, a, a very famous celloist. She's buried in her. You have great neighbors. Yes. Uh, Rabbi Leo Beck. Very cool. You know, there was a lot there, but I remember one night I was sitting outside, uh, sorry, sitting in my room. My room faced, um, uh, the street, uh, and across the street was, um, uh, the crematorium where Sigmund Freud is in earned and uh, others. And I remember hearing uh, uh, a lot of young voices and they were shouting and being viscerally angry and saying the world's problems are based on the Jews. And I remember somebody taking like a, a, a head of broccoli and, and tossing it through my window. Not, mm. not, not, not a nice lob of here you go, go make a salad. But, you know, I, I, that, that's them. I mean, it, 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 it's visible. I mean, there's a big Jewish star on the cemetery sure. gates. You, windows are open, lights are on, you know people are there, and just that 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 hatred. And and we see it all throughout Europe. Those that wear kipotes, the the yarmulkes, the, the skull coverings that are being accosted, that are being threatened, that are being so, so let me ask you a question. Do you think there's a new wave that's happening right now, or is this just business as usual and it's getting more fanfare because we got things like social media and word can spread more quickly? Because I mean the stats would say in the last year, definitely just in the States alone, there has been a huge increase in reportings of whether it's verbal abuse or physical abuse. It's been up at least half the harassment charges that have been filed in New York City in the last year. Half of them have been anti-Semitically backed. So I think I think I think when you look at the rate itself and especially, you know, uh, uh, if you want to look at the uh, Anti-Defamation League, um, there has been a huge uptick. of. So why? Yes. Why? Why? Do so we so uh, there was a very interesting article that was written yesterday um, um, out of the Jewish Telegraphic Agency, the JTA, uh, written by the former chief rabbi uh lord i'm gonna i don't know if i'm gonna get it right uh lord rabbi uh dr jonathan Sachs. uh and those that are not familiar he was the chief rabbi in the united kingdom of the commonwealth and and rabbi Sachs says something very interesting and he says um um uh so why is this happening now 
and he's looking at the American experience. He's also looking at the European experience. And he says, first and foremost, because of everything associated with the internet, with the internet, smartphones, viral videos, and above all, social media. And he says, these have what is called the disinhibition effect, meaning that people are far more hateful when communicating electronically than speaking face-to-face. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that our society, cyberspace has provided perhaps the most effective incubator of resentment, of, of conspiracy theories that have ever been invented. Anti-Semitism thrives on conspiracy theories, versions of the blood libel, the protocols of the elders of Zion. If you look at the Dreyfus Affair, you know all these incidences uh, throughout Jewish history of the Jews being targeted as other as as but, as, that, but that stuff happened without the digital landscape. Absolutely. So so why is this? Is it just the digital landscape, or is there is there something else that's happening right now, or is is just because there's always it seems like as we look throughout the show, there's a wave, there's a wave of fear that comes along, and so let's go to the scapegoat. Let's go to the Jews. The Jews were blamed for communism, but the Jews at the same time were also blamed for capitalism. That makes absolutely no sense. They just become a scapegoat that people turn to, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're blamed for all the money issues in, in Russia, but they were the poorest people in Russia at the time, right? So there's this issue of scapegoating, 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 and some of the the, the hatred that you saw with the broccoli being thrown, what was going through that young man's mind? What happened to him or what did he learn or what was infused into his brain to have such hatred towards the Jewish people? Right. And, and, and is it, is it, is it, is it the whole money thing? What, where, where does it come from? But all I know is right now, just recently we've been seeing it. And I, I, I mean, you know, as, as we now close up the show, I think maybe a bigger question is now how do we respond? And I like your challenge to, to Christian clergy because we can give thoughts and prayers and that's good to pray for, but it's so important because I think we all got to, I mean, I think racism, um, anti-Semitism, that we're all infected. We're all infected. And so for us to get in front of our congregations and our parishes and our civic groups or whatever, and to speak up about this and to challenge one another, when we hear certain comments, I've heard that, Oh, I try to Jew him down. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. Oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a, it's just a phrase. No, right now that does not help. That plants these little mini seeds that mm-hmm. grow into hatred and takes a group of people and say they are these greedy. They are the picture that you see in Harry Potter of the bankers mm-hmm. with the big noses, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these horrific images mm-hmm. that we all just say, it's okay. No, that's not okay, Harry Potter. That's mm-hmm. not, we know who those bankers look like. So it's just like that, that there's this, there's these, these images that get portrayed. And so I think you're right. If, if it has to be, whether it's Christian organizations, is a great place to start. Um, we have to be, we have to speak up and we have to speak up with love and we have to make statements uh, and about this. And, and, and as we close the show, what else would you, would, would, would bring peace or, or tears to your eyes or love to your heart or hope to see that can help, help us respond to this, another wave, this wave that we're seeing right now. I, I, I think I think first the, the the charge that I gave to all clergy here in Martin County, which is to stand up, use your conviction, know what's in your heart, and speak out against these 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 despicable and these cowardly acts, whether they be uh, a physical or or a verbal, to to just 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 start to just to just align yourselves and to be able to say say in my church, in my county, in my home. This is unacceptable behavior. We are told, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Go back to love. Go back to, 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 to warmth. Go back to what we need in this, in this country and within our, our world is a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of experience. Come, check us out at Temple Beit Hayam. See what we're about. See what we practice. See our community. Because I think that the moment you experience as Jews what we experience, it will change the conversation. It will change the experience. Uh, and I think we, we are all enriched in that experience. I think what we have noticed in the last 52 minutes or so is that this is a much longer conversation that we hope to continue in the future. Yes, sir. Uh, my prayer, my hope is that this is the beginning of an end of this wave of visceral hatred and 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 just unacceptable behavior in our in in, in 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 our world. All right, everyone. God bless you. Walk in love, and we will see you here next Friday on a priest and a rabbi.